This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 283, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 24th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 283. It's our comic reviews episode for the releases from the week of Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, so we're going to just jump right in today. Um, so I'm actually recording this on the 26th of June, so I haven't had a chance to read a lot of the comics, but I think I actually went through 12, which I think is sometimes more than what I'm able to read. I knew I was going to be recording this episode uh, relatively soon, so I would try to get as much uh, read as possible. Um, the, today's episode will be... Uh, a little bit shorter. I, I say that every episode, so I really should just stop saying it. It's going to be a short reviews episode like normal. Um, I'm actually just about to go out for vacation myself. I'm going to be uh, going up to a cottage for a week, and uh, so my next episode I'll actually be recording will be episode 285, next week's review episode, and that'll be right right before I leave for a week-long trip to Chicago. Um, so in the meantime, we have episodes coming up with, uh, well, today's episode, as I speak, on the 26th, or episode 282, was our episode with Mike Diodato Jr. Uh, episode 284 will be our episode with uh, Barbara Kiesel, um, which will be coming out, I guess, uh, July 3rd, I think. Uh, third or fourth and then the following week we've got a conversation with ron garney which i'm actually really happy with it was a great episode it was a lot of fun to record uh, and i hope that comes across in the conversation um he was him and diodato were some of the more honest creators i've, I've talked to not that they aren't all art aren't all honest but he was very critical of his own work at times especially diodato but Garney as well and I thought it was very interesting to kind of get a perspective on that that you don't always hear sometimes people talk about the good but they don't always talk about the bad or the hard or the negative and it was really interesting to kind of get that that real raw kind of true aspect of who these men are as creators um, so that'll be something you can check out uh, in the case of Mike Diodato in the last episode that went up and in the case of Ron Garney in episode 286 which is coming up which means we're also really getting close to episode 300 so uh, if uh, if listeners and fans have any idea what they would like to have us discuss in episode 300 if you want to kind of throw an idea in the ring please let us know and we'll, uh, we'll definitely consider it I don't really know what to do in episode 300 we have the episodes leading up to 300 are pretty much set um, we've got a bunch of new interviews uh, coming up, we have obviously the uh, reviews episode for uh, the Ant-Man movie, as well as the, I guess, probably the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be any other movie review episodes, uh, just because I'm away on vacation when Terminator Genesis comes out. Inside Out already came out, and I haven't had a chance to see it, because I'm going to... Actually, it's going to be the first film I take my almost two-year-old son to, so hopefully he'll sit through it um, and be entranced by all the things he sees on the screen. Uh, anyways, let's let's talk about some comics. Uh, you don't need to hear me rattle on for three minutes about nothing. Uh, so first up, we have uh, Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies number one. I am just so shocked at Marvel. They've done such a good job with these Battle World books that they're actually a lot of fun. Uh, this one was really, really good. Um, I don't know why I'm so surprised, but it just I don't know what I was expecting, but it, it was just... It's so interesting to kind of see these two things coming together. Uh, it's written by James Robinson, artwork by Steve Pugh, so the team of the recent All New Invaders. Um, it's a lot of fun. We get the idea that, you know, that there's a, a world, there's basically 
these warring territories, one where Ultron took over and another where uh, it's just the Marvel zombies. So we have this version of Hank Pym uh, who is basically deposited into this area. And uh, it's a lot of exposition, but it's really, really entertaining, really cool. I uh, can't wait to see kind of where they go with it. The last page especially was really cool. I love this kind of interest, really cool version of Hank Pym, um, who feels like, you know, he toys with the idea of a mechanical man, not realizing that in other universes that he's one of the biggest creators of, um, of androids. And so really cool concept, really exciting, really well written. Um, I, I just really dug it. And again, I think I was just surprised because... I don't know if I expected it to be that entertaining. I mean, I should really start giving these Secret Wars books more credit by now. But, you know, every one, every single one of them is really could be anything, which is both good and bad. It could either be a real hit or it could just be a mess. Uh, this one was really a hit. The artwork was great. The script was strong. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Next up is Aquaman 41. It was all right. I'm going to give it a 6. Um, I like Colin Bud as a writer. It's just, I don't know if I like the new look for Aquaman. It's a very different feel. I, I felt like the parts of the issue where we had a kind of a flashback at Aquaman uh, before this change, when in his old costume, hanging out with Mira, those are the issue, parts of the issues I really liked. It was the, the more modern stuff with the kind of the weird new powers and the armor. I get it's the new entry point to Aquaman. It just felt like I liked where Aquaman was already, and I didn't need this to happen. Uh, I have faith that Colin Bunn will be able to do something with it. It just disappointed me because it just felt like change for change's sake. And I don't know if it was necessary. And, and it even feels that natural. Um, again, it just feels like such a, a big re- like left turn from where we were before. Trevor McCarthy did the art. I'm not that familiar with McCarthy. The artwork is all right. But again, not quite as clean and crisp as we got previously in the book. So it felt like a bit of a step down. I'm still giving it a six, but... It's not as strong a book as it was before. Uh, now, this, I think, was my one of my surprises of the week was Batgirl number 41. Um, just because I have not been a big fan of the New Direction, I again, I've always said I respect the New Direction, and I'm glad that this book exists for, those, for fans who kind of want to read this type of book. Um, having enjoyed the first few years of Batgirl by Gail Simone, this was a, a, a directional turn that I did not appreciate or or want. I think, as and I've said this before, if this is how Batgirl had launched in the New Fifty Two, I would have felt completely different. But because I got, I really got used to one thing, and this is so different, but it's still the same continuity, still the same character ostensibly. It's harder for me to accept it, and I, I feel like I say this every issue, and it just continues to be true for me. Um, it's written by Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher. Our, works with, our work is by Babs Tarr. What really makes this work for me, yes, it has kind of that, at times, too simplistic sense of humor about it, but I like the inclusion of the dynamic of the fact that there's a new Batman. Um, this new Batman's kind of at odds with Batgirl, and that it's her dad. The parts with um, uh, Barbara and Jim felt like they were kind of making fun of the fact that Jim Gordon now looks like a much younger man and has the ridiculous haircut and doesn't have the mustache. And to be honest, you wouldn't even recognize that it's Gordon. And that's kind of a problem because, I mean, not that you want the character to get tied down to one you know facial thing or characteristic, but his mustache is a big part. And you take away his haircut, his mustache, you make him this ripped guy. Is he even Jim Gordon anymore? I think it still is because they're doing a good job in the main book by Snyder. That first issue was fantastic. I like this a lot more than I was expecting. I'm interested to see where they go with it because that dynamic, it kind of builds on the fact that 
Batgirl has not been Jim Gordon's favorite person throughout the New 52 because of what happened with his son. So now seeing him as Batman and able to actually do something about it is a cool concept, and I'm excited to see where they go from here. Uh, next up is Daredevil number 16. Uh, oh, man, this is fantastic. Um, it's written by Mark Wade. Uh, artwork by Chris Omni. They're storytellers together. The Kingpin looks fearsome and just looks so good here. Um, the way the whole you know discussion between the two is done um there's that uh, the art gallery which is really really freaking cool as well um i forget the name of the villain but we have that villain who looks like he's wearing the red and yellow daredevil costume but not he's back from i think the first volume of Dare- uh, sorry the last volume of daredevil um this was just really really exciting and cool and uh I, I, the last page really makes you wonder like what the hell just happened to foggy um I'm going to be so bad, so sad when this book is over just because this is like the, one of the best Daredevil creative teams. It's a different type of Daredevil, but it's so good. And people who can't get beyond the, the sum of the artwork are ridiculous. Like, the sum of the artwork is a huge draw, and I've heard some people say, like, oh, I don't really like the, the art. It's not really to my taste. Well, you don't like fantastic art? You don't like amazing storytelling that's extremely concise and crisp? Like, what more could you want from a book? I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Uh, probably one of the best books of the week. Uh, next up is uh, Deathstroke. This is issue number seven. It's okay. It felt it had moments of, of kind of being cool. I just don't know what this book is. Um, the whole part with Hephaestus was kind of cool concept. It's written by Tony Daniel and James Bonney. Artwork by Tony Daniel. Um, I mean, it looks good. The story's not the strongest. I'm interested to see what will happen next with uh, Wonder Woman. I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Um, the whole de-aging, I still think, doesn't make any sense. But the rest of it, as long as he doesn't take off the mask, is much better. Uh, we have Green Lantern, The Lost Army. This was a bit of a mess. Um, it had elements where it was it worked. Actually, no, I shouldn't say it's a mess. It just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Um, like... Am I missing something? Like, I don't know what happened to... Like, I just feel like I missed something. Like, we have Krona here, a younger Krona. Did I just not read the last issue of something? Like, I don't know how he's here. Um, the colors at times are almost too bright and, and like, um, not metallic, but they have a certain sheen to them that I think is almost detracts. There's parts of this that I think are cool in the, the, the line about... Guy, Guy, uh, Guy Gardner being the Christmas Lantern was cool. I just, I don't know what this is. Um, and I feel like it just feels like it just jumps in and I don't understand. I don't, I, it's hard for me to get my bearings on it. And I think that's part of what detracted my enjoyment. I think if we had understood a little bit more and going back on uh, John Stewart's history as uh, in the Marines or Army or whatever it was, um, it just feels like we're playing the same beats that we've seen otherwise. And I don't know if we needed to see those beats played again. Uh, next up is Korvac Saga number one. I really dug this. It was, I don't know what I was expecting. It's basically Dan Abnett being able to do more stories with the more classic Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, kind of going back on the concept of Michael Korvac. Um, there's this one world where Korvac is the kind of the leader, and then we have this other world where he's most definitely not, and instead Simon Williams is a baron of his own domain called Hollywood, or Hollywood, I should say. And then um, the... Um, what do they call it? But basically, Korvac's little forest hill section is its own place. And everyone's kind of dealing with this madness and the feeling of, you know, where are the stars? And um, Very cool. I really dug this. I thought it was really interesting. I like these characters. Written by Dan Abnett, auto, artwork by Otto Schmidt. 
I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, the artwork could have been a little stronger at times and not as uh, scratchy, but for the most part, I did enjoy it. I thought it did a good job of telling the story. Uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard, number 15. This was fantastic. At times confusing, but still very good. Now, now that we finally get to find out the secret of Verity Willis, it makes so much sense and is such a cool concept and also makes her like the saddest character ever in terms of you know, why she has difficulty bonding with people. And Very cool. It's written by Al Ewing. Lee Garbett does the art. Brilliant, brilliant work. Um, there's so much going on, yet it continues to be enjoyable and engaging as we t- find out the last days. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Um, not all of it pulled together as strongly as the parts on Verity. Verity's story itself was brilliant. Everything else detracted from it a little, but was still entertaining. Uh, next up is Shield number seven. Ah, this is frustrating. I'm going to give it a four. Um, just because it tries to use Daisy Johnson, who I don't even know what her... She used to be the freaking head of Shield. Like, I don't even know how she's just an agent now, how does that even work, and she hasn't really been utilized since Secret um, Avengers either, so I don't even know what's really going on with her, and they're really just using it to tie into the, the TV show, but and even calling her Sky doesn't feel really accurate, and just feels very forced, uh, it's like, oh, ho, ho, because this is Sky from the TV show, um, and it's, it's a whole about, you know, her... I guess it being an inhuman now, which I don't think she was ever supposed to be, but because she is in the in the TV show, they're kind of mixing it in, which I didn't like. And having you know Calvin Zabo never having been written like this, he's again written more like the character from the TV show than he is from the comics. I just found this frustrating. I'm going to give it a four. Um, it's it's too bad because I usually really like Mark Wade, and I, this just did not feel up to snuff. It felt like something else and not something I enjoyed that much. Artwork by Greg Smallwood. I don't know him that much as an artist, so I can't speak to whether or not this was great art or not from him. Uh, next up is Superman 41. It's okay. The problem is we already know what comes after, so it kind of feels like there's no stakes here. Um, it's written by Gene Lewin Yang and uh, penciled by John Romita Jr. There's times here where it's extremely well uh, illustrated, very cool, and there's other times where it looks very rushed. It's an interesting story and a good story. Again, I don't know if I need to see Superman doing as many flares as he is, but I like the direction they're going, but again, we already know where it goes. So that's both works for and against this book. That then There's no stakes, but we're also kind of not finally getting to see them filling in the blanks as to how his identity gets spoiled. And I do like the interaction and the way that they utilize uh, Jimmy Olsen knowing who Clark Kent is and how they kind of work together as a better team as a result. That's cool. Um... But again, there's no stakes in this issue because we already know where it ends up going. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Next up is Punisher number 19. This is fantastic. Really good. Um, I think this is the last issue. Um, It's a great kind of meditation on Punisher. Um, It's interesting. I did not know what to expect and was not a huge fan of the first couple issues of this run. And since then, it has become one of my favorite Punisher runs. Partially because it's just so, so grounded. It's so, uh, you know, it's not taking a, a big kind of, oh, this is Frank Cass. Like, it's not trying to be too deep, but at the same time, it is so deep. Like, I don't know. It's so grounded, so well done. Uh, the artwork here is fantastic by, I believe it's still by Garads, Mitch Garads, yeah. Nathan Edmondson just knocking it out of the park. Um, I'm going to give this one actually a, a 9 out of 10. I think it was just a, a great single issue. If you'd read nothing else from this Punisher run, you wouldn't have needed to care. Um, and I, I've really come to really enjoy the mask. I think the mask is actually really starting to work, and the way it's it's shown here, it's just brilliant. 
Uh, very cool. And again, the Punisher is a force of nature sometimes. When he's done right, he is. And lastly, we have We Are Robin, which it was entertaining. I was not a huge fan. Still a little bit of a mystery here as to who's really getting all these Robins together. It's uh, written by uh, Lee Bermejo. I think it's co-written by him. I have to find the uh, page with the um, the creative team. Um, it's it's okay. I just I wasn't a huge fan of it so far. I don't know what I was expecting though. Like it just wasn't quite. It was all right. It was just wasn't great. Um, so the creative team is Bermejo Cor. Corona, Randolph, Mulvillehill, and Lopez. I'm going to give it a 5, 6 out of 10. It was okay. I just don't know if I really care that much about Duke. Part of it was interesting, but again, there was also a lot that I felt lagged. It was so much setup, and I could have maybe... I would have been happy with a little bit less setup. Uh, some of the um, highlights that I did not get a chance to read include Flash 41, Grayson number 9... Uh, Donald Duck number two, Ant Man Larger Than Life number one, Black Widow nineteen, E is for Extinction number one, Howard the Duck number four, Infinity Gauntlet number two, Modok Assassin number two, Planet Hulk number two, Uncanny Avengers number five, and X Men ninety two number one, which is finally getting its print edition. Uh, looking forward to this coming week, because um, I guess this episode is going out either on Monday or Tuesday. So if we look at what's coming up on July first. Uh, which is also Canada Day, so happy birthday, Canada. Um, we've got, let's see, some of the highlights include Barbed Wire number one, but it's got artwork by Pat O'Leaf, who was originally on an episode of Comic Shenanigans. I think it was episode 278. Um, we've also got upcoming, there's The Absolute Why the Last Man Hardcover Volume 1, Action Comics 42, which is a new chapter of Truth. Uh, the Aquaman hardcover volume 6 Maelstrom as well as the 5th trade paperback Sea of Storms fantastic work by Jeff Parker it's worth buying uh, Batmite number 2 I really enjoyed number 1 so I'm excited for the new one uh, Bizarro number 2 Detective Comics 42 loving that book too uh, Green Lantern 42 Midnighter number 2 etc and Omega Man number 2 uh, if we flash over to um, Marvel we've got A-Force number 2 Amazing Spider-Man 19.1 uh, for those reading Hickman's Avengers in Trade. There's Volume 6, Infinite Avengers. Uh, the seventh issue of Darth Vader hits, as well as Giant-Size Little Marvel, AVX number 2, Groot number 2, Princess Leia number 5, Red, School, sorry, Red Skull number 1, uh, Runaway's Complete Collection, Volume 4, the Black Vortex hardcover uh, is coming out. Uh, we've also got Secret Wars number 4 is the big release, uh, the first trade paperback of the Mark Wade Shield book, uh, as well as uh, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, Volume 1, Old Republic, Thor, God of Thunder, Volume 2, hardcover, oversized by Jason Aaron. And then we've got Ultimate End, number 3, Extinction Agenda, number 2, and Years of Future Past, number 2. So that's everything coming out, or highlights of what's coming out on July 1st. Anyways, thanks again for uh, listening to this episode, and uh, make sure to uh, look forward to our next episode, episode 284, which is our conversation with uh, Barbara Kiesel. So thanks again for listening. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and post our HTROMS thread when it finally goes up, as well as listen to us on Stitcher. If you also want to donate to the show to help support us uh, and cover some of our costs for hosting the show, uh, that'd be very much appreciated if you check out the link in our episode description. Uh, you can follow that and become a patron of the show as well we're not asking for a lot i think our goal is like 200 uh even though it doesn't track on that particular website we're 
we've got we're about halfway through uh we had some donors uh contribute not through that that means but through other means so thank you to them and um so we're 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 halfway to the goal so anything you can spare we'd really appreciate it um just to kind of keep the show running thank you so much uh, I've really enjoyed doing the show, and I'm, I cannot believe we're up, we're going to get to episode 300 uh, in only you know just under two months. So it's very exciting. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.